Welcome to the Happy Client Show. This is the weekly podcast dedicated to helping inbound agencies master the art of truly delighting their clients. This episode is brought to you by Do Inbound, the project and process management platform built by an agency for agencies. Learn more at doinbound.com. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Andrew. Hey guys, welcome to the Happy Client Show, where only you can prevent client fires. We're excited to be with you. My name is Ben Butler, and I'm joined here in studio, coffee in hand, by my co-host, Andrew Dimsky. Andrew, what's happening? Well, today we're talking about five clients who will burn your agency down, Ben, and we all want our agencies to exist, and we don't want them burnt down, so this is kind of important stuff to talk about. Yeah, I know. I thought you were going to go into your Smokey the Bear voice there again. I was I was getting prepared to to uh, muzzle my my uh, laughing with a coffee cup over here. So if you're going to do that in this episode, please give us a warning so I don't spit all over my monitor here, my coffee. But yes, you're absolutely right. You don't want your agency to get burned down. And so often the result of agencies that have client fires could have been so, so easily avoided if we just said no to the people who don't fit. And honestly mm-hmm. – Andrew, it's one of those things. It's a gut thing. How many times, listeners, Andrew, everybody, how many times have you been ready to sign on the dotted lines and your gut said, oh boy, we're in for a big trouble? You know, those are the people that you shouldn't let in because they're more trouble than they're worth. And they're going to burn the whole place down, these little pyros. (laughs) You just, I mean, as agency owners, we need to become. We need to be smart. We need to be able to see in the sales process, is this person going to be a good fit or do I want this person to be a good fit? So there are five different types of folks we want to talk about here, different profiles, different personas that you can build. So if you see one of these guys working through your sales process, you should throw up a few red flags, Ben, and you should back up as fast as you can. Step away slowly. Do not pass good. Do not collect $200 from these people (laughs) because that's all they can spend. That rolls us into <laughs> client number one, who's the low budgeter. Ben, who's a low budget client and why should you avoid them if you want to avoid client fires? Yeah, so this is kind of one of those things where this might be a little bit different between the square two marketings of the world and, you know, maybe your agency. You know, I would say a low budgeter is someone who, when they hear your price proposal, goes, there is no possible way that we could ever, ever pay for that. And can you do it for X instead of that? And, you know, it's one of those things. And I, the agency world and solution providers and agencies, the creatives, project managers, I don't, you know, I really don't understand. And I think it has to go back to the sins of agency past, which I'm sure we're going to go over a whole season of the sins of agency past one day. But, you know, the way that agencies have traditionally run is, you know, yeah, our service is negotiable, but what if it's Windows? You know, what if you treat it like it's Windows? Hey, I'm selling a window. This this here window costs $1,500. You know, you can't really negotiate that. So the low budgeter is someone who's going to say, no, but can you do it for this? And you need to say, no, because we're selling Windows. And that's the price. We've, we have a process that's documented. We know what our costs are and we know what we're worth. So the low budgeter is going to come in, they're going to neb nose you down to a lower price and you know it doesn't stop there. Andrew, do you want to tell us where it goes from the first negotiation? What do they do after that? Yeah, if it's I mean if there's a price 
if well, first of all, set your prices to the point where you're attracting a higher client, a, a higher class of client. Because I went through this. We and we've been a HubSpot partner for years, and we started working with SharpSpring because we wanted a platform that we could get for a lower price. We had prospects that couldn't afford HubSpot, and I thought that hey, if we just lowered the price, we'd be able to get so many more clients in here. We'd you know, if we bring in five people at $1,000 a month, that's the same as signing one $5,000 contract. Well, what I learned through that process pretty quick was the the clients who can only pay $1,000 a month are the ones that require the most amount of work. So raise your ceiling. It doesn't, I mean, the software doesn't matter. Like with SharpSpring, there's nothing against their software, but the strategy, the motivation behind my using them was attracting a lower budget client. And what I found was we're still doing the same amount of work for someone who's on a $1,000 plan versus someone who's on a $5,000 plan. It's just they need their hand held through the whole freaking engagement. So know from the beginning what does that low budget really mean. It really means that they don't have the type of a business to sustain a long-term commitment to inbound marketing and instead of trying to go out and get $5,000 contracts, do the work to find one one $5,000 contract or one $10,000 contract and work that way. You're going to find that those higher caliber companies are much easier to work with on a month-to-month basis. Yeah, and they have that growth to sustain exactly. what you're doing. Yep. That's a key point as well. So, you know, they say that there's so much work that goes into the sales process, and it's for most cases, it's about the same amount of work. It's just what do you yield from that? Do you yield a client who's going to keep you on for 15 days and then kick you to the curb? Well, you know, does that sales process in what you spent there from a resource and manpower perspective, does that, you know, is there an ROI that was justified? Absolutely not. So you might as well spend that time somewhere else. And I hear this from a lot of real estate agents. They say, my process is the same. It doesn't matter who I'm dealing with. My real estate process for, for a buyer or seller is the same. But you know what the, at the end of the day, the difference is? The paycheck. And so you might as well, if you're going to do the process and do the work, go for the highest caliber client that you possibly can. And the low budgeter is someone who will burn your agency to the ground if you let them. So run far, far, far away. And if you can't keep running, hitch a ride. And if you can't hitch a ride, <laughs> hijack one. You know, do a little Grand Theft Auto. That's my words to you. Ben, what are your words if you see a lone wolf coming? That's, that's Oh, yeah. That's yeah. persona number two here we got to watch out for is the yeah. lone wolf client. What's the background yeah. here? Absolutely. And this fits perfectly in with my analogy of running through the wilderness here. If you can't run, you know, if you see a lone wolf in the wilderness, you should be afraid. Because if it's a, a lone wolf versus you, you're going to be taken down. And in this case... The lone wolf is exactly what it sounds like. It's one lone wolf without a pack wandering desperately through the wilderness. And, you know, lone wolf agencies, you know, like a solopreneur or a, you know, a consultant are really effective and are really great. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about an organization where the president is the product manager the customer manager, the president, the finance director, the marketing guy, the cigar smoker, the whiskey drinker, you know, he's all of the above. He wears every hat of every employee because he's basically almost in most cases the only employee employed by a company and I'm not saying, you know, this always fails, but 90% of the time the lone wolf client type 
they just have too much going on. Yeah. They don't have the bandwidth to take you on and to really devote what is necessary to this process. They might be enthusiastic at the beginning about being your point of contact, but come month four or five, they're going to be really slow at replying to your emails. They're not going to be providing content on time. These folks have a job of running their companies. So that's why we don't want to work with a, you know, the president as our consistent point of contact. We want to be able to work with someone in the marketing team or someone in the sales team who has the ability to focus on what we're trying to accomplish here. So we definitely want the, this, the president or the CEO involved in the conversation. But if they're your only POC, recognize that as a red flag and try to work with companies where you have a POC who's in the marketing department who can be a consistent voice, a consistent presence on your weekly meetings, and you don't have to worry about them becoming so busy that they can't fit you in to the process. Because trust me, the pre- if you're working with the president, you will find that eventually that they've got a lot on their plate and they don't have time to talk to the agency this week. And you say, okay, let's just bump it back this one week. Before you know it, Ben, you've bumped it back three weeks. That's, that's a, not a place to be. And that kind of rolls, that profile can, you'll see that number four and number two here, the lone wolf, where it's just that one person with many hats, but it can also apply to number three, which is the disinterested C-suite. Here, um, a, an enthusiastic marketer comes in and they're your primary point of contact through the sales process. The C-suite was never really bought into the idea of inbound at all. And you have a hard time keeping them engaged in the process. So Give us a background here, Ben. What is, what would a disinterested C-suite look like and why should clients want to avoid something like that? Yeah, I want to give a first shout to our boys over at the sales line and our girls over at the sales line. A shout to the sales line. They won't show up for the inbound process if the C-suite doesn't show up. So that's kind of the philosophy that we've adopted as well. The C-suite has to be bought in from day one. And if you're running a game plan meeting and the C-suite says, yeah, we're not going to show up for that because we're not interested or that's marketing's problem. Then you're in big trouble because inbound and the idea of inbound is a game changer for an organization. It affects everyone from the secretary to the project management team to the customer success to sales to marketing to the CEO to the CFO. It has an effect on everyone. And if the C-suite is not bought into that, something bad is going to happen one day. They're going to review their budget at, you know, December of the and before they go into January of the next year and they're going to say holy cow what is this $10,000 a month expenditure that's going to an agency what are they doing and if they have to ask what are they doing or that's going to an agency or what is this $10,000 expenditure then you're in big trouble and the fire is suddenly going to become well there goes the relationship and you're going to be on a crash course to prove yourself to that leadership team so the disinterested C-suite is a pyro in the sense that this is going to burn down eventually. It's just a matter not of if but when. Yeah. So what about a the fourth one here on the list is the big mouth C-suite. How is that different from someone who's just disinterested? Yeah. Oh, man. Andrew, one of the the hardest meetings I ever had to sit through, and I almost I, – I kid you not. I almost got up and walked out. I was in a meeting with about 12 people in a big old conference room. And it was kind of cool because there was a round table. I was like, oh, nice of the round. No one really laughed at that. I thought it was kind of <laughs> cheeky though. <laughs> and uh, it was it was kind of cool. I was like, okay, so there's a circular table. You would imagine that everyone has a voice here, right? Well, no. In walks Mr. Big Mouth, Mr. CEO. Here he comes. He sits down. And guess what he does? He talks from moment one to moment hundred. And it's like one of those <laughs> things like you can see on – 
Uber conference, like how much time each person spent talking. Mm -hmm. And it was like Ben, one minute, the, you know, the uh, vice president of marketing, 0.1 second, and the CEO, 100 minutes. And it was just like one of those things, like I asked a question, vice president of marketing went to to answer that question because I asked him the question and the CEO opens his mouth loud enough to talk over the vice president of marketing to the point where the vice president of marketing would just look down and give up. And then same thing with the salesperson, same thing with the, uh, you know, the customer service rep. I'm asking questions to other people and the C-suite is a big mouth, the, the CEO, the man at the top, or this can also go a different way. This can also go to the point where a CEO says, there's nothing you can, you can have that you can't get from me from my sales team, my marketing department, my customer service team, you know, someone who demoralizes and diminishes the value of the team around them is not to be trusted. And eventually it's going to break out in flames. Yeah. I love that breakdown. You got to watch out for those folks who just want to domineer the room and aren't open to other people's perspectives. Inbound needs to be a movement within an organization. It can't be rammed down your throats or you can't just listen to one person talk the whole time. So that is a persona to keep an eye on and one to be aware of. Uh, and often someone who's a big mouth then is also very impatient. And that rolls into number five that we want to be wary of, clients to bring on. What does an impatient client look like and, and why is that a bad fit for an agency who's trying to grow a solid book of business? Yeah, so the impatient client, I would, my argument would be one of two things. Number one, in the sales process, you didn't set good enough expectations you know, inbound is a big idea that takes time. And, you know, us at Do Inbound here, you know, we're, we've been doing inbound on the agency side for quite a while. And we still reign true and are surprised every time it happens that, you know, if you really push hard by month six is when you see results, not month one. And sure, you can see results month one, but it usually takes to month six or nine, depending on how fast a client or your organization wants to get there to build the momentum. And once you maintain that momentum, you have to keep it. And so, that being said, if a client comes into the project management team situation and says, okay, why aren't we getting any leads? You know, uh, sir, it's day two, you know? Yeah. So it's one of those things where that's never going to work because they're, if, they, if they're asking by day two or week two, this happened to us with one client, you know, a month went by and they were actually getting really good leads and they said, you know, when is this supposed to work? And I feel like every meeting we said six to nine months, six to nine months, six to nine months. And so the impatient person ruins a relationship and burns it down because they're not going to wait around for six to nine months or they will make your life a living burning hell, pun intended, you know, getting there. And so this person if you try to emphasize this in the sales process and you know they're just not they're not going to accept it or they're not willing to wait they're not the best fit client and that relationship it's a ticking time bomb it will end eventually and again it will be a fiery burning road to get there so you need people who are willing to wait give you their undivided effort and attention for 6 to 9 months and that's not for everybody and you know if you don't have that it's going to fail that's just the way inbound is so we've got five different types of clients that we want to keep our eyes out for because if we bring them in, they're going to burn things down. They are the low budgeter, the lone wolf, the disinterested C-suite, the big mouth C-suite, and the impatient client. So as you're looking at your sales pipeline and you're thinking about who to bring on, watch out for these five profiles. Keep a strict eye on folks. You see these tendencies coming out through your sales meetings or through your game plan process. 
be wary of moving on with these types of folks because with all of these examples, oftentimes they're going to cost you more in terms of time spent putting out fires, time spent answering their high maintenance questions, or time spent holding their hand through the process than it would be to just not take the business to begin with. The type of business that you bring into your agency is really going to dictate the health of your agency moving forward. It's going to impact your team and their morale and their excitement about coming to work each day. It's going to impact your ability to sell additional work or your ability to really communicate clearly with other clients because you're going to be down by putting out fires with all these high-maintenance folks. So keep an eye out for these five profiles and bring on the right type of client. That right type of client is going to value you, it's going to value your work, and it's going to pay you for the work that you do, pay you for you know what you deserve as an agency. So don't settle for these, ty- these five types of folks. Put in the work to go out and find a higher class of client. Thank you for listening to The Happy Client Show. You can find the notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash happy. That's doinbound, all one word, dot com slash happy. Today's show is sponsored by Do Inbound, the world's first process and project management platform built specifically for inbound marketing agencies. Learn more at doinbound.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review of the show to help spread the happy client show vibes.